0: You're listening to the Invent Her Podcast, conversations with women who have taken matters into their own hands and created careers that they love. If you're feeling disconnected at work, I'm hopeful that these conversations with inspiring women will help us all find our way in whatever industry we want to be in, or even find the courage to take the leap of faith to quit the day job and go out on our own. So, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Invent Her podcast. I'm your host Hannah Stocking, and this week I'm chatting to Emily Majuri. Now, Emily is a personal trainer, a well-being coach, and an accountant, and she somehow manages to make all three of those professions work together, and she does it really well. <laughs> um, she takes a holistic and well-being approach. Um, for each of these professions that she does um, and we talk in this episode about how to get clients to open up and be vulnerable to her as a well-being coach I guess as an accountant and personal trainer as well um, we talk about um, how she works with her accountancy clients from a wellness perspective which is something that i would never really thought of before but it makes total sense and Emily explains it in this episode so you have to keep listening for that Um, We talk about going into business with a friend which is a really interesting topic because I think that people think that going into business with a friend is going to be the best thing ever Um, and sometimes it's not so Emily gives some great advice for that if you're thinking about it. Um, We also talked about um, being savvy with your finances before quitting your job so obviously Emily worked in finance before pursuing her side job as an actual business um so she talks about setting up your finances um and how that kind of worked for her when she took it full-time um and we also at the end of the episode had a really great chat about comparison to other coaches on instagram and just the instagram fitspo trend in general um we talked all about how emily what emily's approaches to instagram And yeah I feel like we just had a really really great chat so keep listening and without further ado let's get into my interview with Emily Majuri
1: hi everybody um so my name's Emily Majuri um and I I guess I kind of have a multifaceted kind of um career but I'll go into the interesting stuff should we say um so I am currently a personal trainer um a fitness instructor and a well-being life coach um so that's kind of something that's been a journey for me over the last 18 months to kind of get to that point Mm um and then kind of on the side, have a company with a friend of mine where we're kind of bringing coaching and my historic job of um, accounting together to like help people who want to start up businesses um, understand like what to do and also help them with their finances, which is usually the boring bit, we should say. Um, so, yeah, kind of holistic well-being approach um, with lots of little kind of buckets of, of jobs going on. Okay. So we've got a lot
0: to talk about in there. So obviously you have a background in accounting, why personal training and well-being and coaching and all that? Why, why are you deciding to kind of pivot your whole career into that? Good question. Um,
1: so I guess I went to college, uni, um, as everyone else did and kind of fell into accounting. I applied to do English at uni, not really sure why, cause I'm, I love reading, but I was never actually that good at English anyway, and I didn't get in. So I ended up going through clearing and doing accounting Mm. um, because maths had always been my strongest subject. Um, So yeah, I kind of did that and then got a job out of my uni degree. So we did a placement year, so a working year. And I sat like part of my um, accounting exams at that point. So... Mm when it came to applying for jobs after uni it just seemed like the sensible thing to just go back and finish my qualification so I did um but I can't say that I was ever particularly happy in my job Mm -hmm. um but I had always like enjoyed fitness like ever since I was about 15 I worked at a leisure center when I was about 15 so that's kind of where I probably got into it um and if you think about like one consistent in my life it had always been fitness and it's the one thing that always made me happy so I took a career break um 2018 and went traveling for six months and kind of with the coming back I was like now I need to actually focus on what I want to do with my life I don't want to stay in a job that is just kind of like getting by it's that like surviving versus thriving kind of thing so I thought you know I don't know what the best step is but fitness is my passion so try it so I trained as um a personal trainer and fitness instructor with spinning and kind of just like fell in love with it I'd already I'd started kind of spinning um a year before and kind of it was the spinning to the music so I'm musical as well so I think it was like that combined just kind of inspired me to kind of do that um so that's how I fell into it and through it met a friend who was training to be a life coach got coached and was like didn't even know this existed this is awesome I've always wanted to work with like helping people and never Mm -hmm. really knew how I was going to get into it and that that kind of sparked that and then have done a course um to train as a transformational coach and so yeah that's kind of like how it's evolved it was almost Mm -hmm. just like I knew I wanted to change something taking a chance on one thing and then kind of things just kind of dominoed from there if that makes sense yeah yeah that's how I That's my story in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so cool. I wanna I wanna ask, yeah what do your friends and family think about the fact that you were you had a really good job, you know, you had a dream job for a parent, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then you've kind of like given that up to do personal training, life coaching, etc. etc. So how how did you explain that to people? (laughs) And what was their reaction?
1: very, (laughs) Very good question. Um I guess I kind of one thing I guess I've proved to them in in life is I work hard and I've always like got things done and like done okay at things like done fairly well as in like getting that first job. So I think when I kind of said to them, look, I want to try something that's actually going to make me happy or, you know, I think it's going to make me happy whilst obviously they were like, but what will you do about money? What, like, what are you going to do in the future? Is this just like a short term thing? Like they, I definitely had all those questions asked Mm -hmm. and I think that there's always that little reminder, like uh, just in like recently tanning in my notice to like leave my job, there's all the questions around like, is that really what you should be doing? Shouldn't you just stay and like do both? Isn't that enough? Blah, blah, blah. So, like, I think I was lucky in terms of like they understood why I wanted to do it, but there was definitely still that like resistance of society and like, yeah. you should get a job so you can buy a house. Um, but I have been lucky in the fact that my have two older sisters and one of them never really (laughs) got a proper job and became a personal trainer and kind of set up her own business and has kind of worked for herself so she almost like opened the door for me a little bit yeah um and so yeah like I think it's more been you see it's almost my personal thing like you see your friends like getting promotions at work like some of my really good friends at my accounting job like getting promoted and I'm like getting bigger paychecks and big bonuses and you're like oh that would be nice and so you I kind of like find moments where I get caught up in that and then I have to take myself out and say yeah but even if you get that bonus that's not going to make you happy and you're not going to be doing what you want to do so I think it's twofold like my family and friends definitely have questioned and kind of challenged me but it's almost like society itself also has that challenge just where you get those reminders. No,
0: um, it's, it's so important, isn't it? So you, you have to be happy with what you do every day. Otherwise, what is the point? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the last couple of months was meant to leave my job due to current circumstances, haven't. So I think that's kind of um been a bit frustrating, but I've definitely felt more pushback from my family during this time
0: mm-hmm. than
1: um Than previously, Mm. and I think that's money related. But
0: yeah, but that's not something that you could have ever predicted, or you know, that wasn't due to you not having enough funds or plan or you know, whatever, anything like that. So, yeah, no. Um, I want to move into your life coaching and PT side of your business. So, how do you see them being interlinked? Okay, yeah. So I guess like what I
1: say on my website and kind of my like approach to well being is that like it's not just physical, it's definitely like mental and even more so now I feel like the mental um, side of it is even bigger than the physical side of it. Like there's no point having like a great figure if you're not actually happy Mm -hmm. in your mind, in your, in your brain. So I think like for me, I, I'm definitely more interested in the coaching side of things and PT, I guess for me was like a way, I kind of got to it before I got to coaching. So it was almost like a way in, Mm. um, and I do massively enjoy kind of seeing the difference in how people feel Mm -hmm. from like before a session to after a session. Like I have to say a lot of the clients I work with, um, just kind of do a workout because they know it's good for them as opposed to like having really strict goals. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's like seeing, it's like getting those messages after saying, do you know what? I felt really shit before, um, we did this and now I feel so much better. Like, thank you so much for that. So I think that then like nicely links into, the mindset that kind of comes with um, life coaching, transformation coaching, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the key thing that always comes up with like all clients um, and kind of gets to the root of everything is how how you speak to yourself, what your mindset is. So I think that like they link together in the sense that everything comes from your mind and then kind of branches out from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes
0: total sense. I think I wanted to know what do people come to you for when they, when they're specifically coming to you as a mindset coach, what are the typical goals that they're looking for?
1: Yes. A very interesting question. So I guess for me, like if people look at my story, mine's like career driven. So I have a few people that come to me who are like, I'm in a job I don't want. Um, I either have no idea what I want to do. Can you help me try and figure it out? Yeah. Or this is where I want to go. Can you help me like put the steps in place to get there? Um, so that kind of like career focus side. And then I think like the second thing that people often come for is like lacking something else in their life other mm. than like the mundane of like work, home, like maybe going to the pub with your friends or whatever. And I think like the theme I give that is like community, the our world kind of does lack that community a little bit because of, like, social media, because we're all, like, darting from one place to the next to kind of get the job done that we've got to do. So they're kind of, like, I feel like the key things that people come to me for. And as a coach, it's my, like, chance to ask them questions and, like, challenge them and get them to kind of, like, dig deep inside themselves to get those answers to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Because people do know like roughly like what they want to do or they know what steps they want to take. It will be like barriers of like fear or society or family or whatever, stopping them from, from doing that. If that makes sense. So yeah, fear and community are like the key
0: things I think Mm. that I work with people on. So do you think you mentioned that you actually really love the, the coaching side rather than the PT side as much. Do you think that your business will pivot more into that coaching side eventually? Um,
1: yes, I think, I think it's actually probably already started to do that considering at the moment I am doing some zoom PTs, but I can't actually do physical PTs. So, you know, coaching in this world is a very online thing. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to kind of like step that up with extra spare time as well. Um, I think that's where I put my focus more now. So like in trying to reach out to more clients on that side. Um, so I definitely think that's kind of like where I want my business to grow and I also want to travel, um, and work. So my plan is to always been to kind of like grow the coaching, keep some PT clients on the side. Um, and then, you know, I can always fall back on it. Um, Mm. if I need to, but yeah, I think the current climate as well means like more people are looking to someone to talk to. So I think it could be helpful in a way. Mm. Um, we'll see. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) How do you get your clients to kind of, be really vulnerable and open up to you because obviously what you do is so personal and it's it's trained towards each individual person so how do you make somebody feel comfortable enough to open up to you That's a good question um
1: I think part of it's in like the way that I always start with a client so I'll always have like a 20 minute 30 minute call with them before we even get into coaching mm. just to kind of meet them make sure that we kind of are compatible as a coach and a coachy. because yeah. in both ways like they may not see me as a coach for them and it might I might feel like actually I'm not a coach for them so it's I always think it's so important even if it's like a 15 minute chat mm. to have that to see if you have rapport because you need to have rapport to build trust for them to become vulnerable yeah. um, so that's something that's always super important to me so I always always do that And then I think it's been really clear in that point what coaching is like. Clear that I'm there to ask them questions and to help them through something, but like they have to bring things to that they have to bring the agenda because it's not like um, counselling or therapy. Like it's all forward looking, so like it's like they've got to come with a sense of something for me to then kind of come go off of, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think I think it's down to like opening up to them, setting like a uh, expectations and kind of, I think like I genuinely am quite like a good person at like getting people chatting and making them feel safe, but I, that might just be my opinion. But I, I, most people <laughs> would say that. So, But I think it's through making sure that I build that rapport before it becomes like deeper or like we look into like more deep rooted things. Mm-hmm. Um, and always making sure that they're clear that it's like their agenda and they're leading the conversation. So it's whatever they want to talk about if they don't want to talk about something we don't talk about it yeah Um, so yeah i think it's it's yeah it's about building rapport making them feel comfortable and giving them the agenda if that makes sense
0: no absolutely so then where does the accounting the accountancy side of your business then come into that um Yes. a
1: Good question. So I guess like I've been coaching from like a well-being perspective for a while. Um, And now my friend and I have set up a business, like a separate one. So I've got Emily Majuri Wellness and then we've just launched something called the Arenda Collective, which is twofold. So the side, one side of it's accounting and that would literally be someone self-employed or a small, we're working with small businesses and they need their tax returns or their accounts done. So like those things that everyday people who don't necessarily look at accounts either don't understand or don't really want to spend the extra time doing it because they'd rather spend the time working on their business so we are like taking that away from them but also we want to help people feel educated in their finances so that small businesses and self-employed people can make like good investment decisions and kind of make sure that they're on track right from day dot if that makes Mm -hmm. sense because we know what it feels like to be self-employed because we've done it and to see bigger companies I guess do it um and then the coaching side I guess taking what we know from life coaching and kind of applying it to a business so where do people want to go with their business what are their blockers and it could be back to their mindset that's blocking them from like taking a leap to launch a new service or a new product so it may still be massively connected to their mindset it might just be that they're not really sure what steps to take and we're Mm -hmm. there to kind of like ask those questions to get it out of them so it may be more strategy focused but it almost comes back to that core as as always of mindset like massively especially when people are setting up businesses because they're throwing something out there that's new and they're vulnerable opening like their own Mm. business or whatever so it kind of does interconnect the accounting is is separate to an extent but we just want to take that hassle away from um self-employed and small companies so they don't have to worry about their finances like here you do our tax return and we can just kind of like therefore like know that it's done right and they can focus on their business more if that makes sense
0: yeah no it does it makes total sense and I think it's a really unique perspective because I don't think I don't I can't think of any I wouldn't be able to think of any that uh, accountants that you would go to that actually take that wellness approach and I think it's really really interesting and, and makes a lot of sense
1: yeah I think we've kind of just stumbled upon it from like having both done our accounting and then both being like this is great and we know these are great jobs to have but this isn't what's going to make us happy yeah and then having done the coaching course and then be like we can actually help other people like feel happy and change their their life the way that we are starting to change ours and like yeah. in the next year expect to kind of change it drastically um with the launch of the business so yeah I think it's just we're lucky to have kind of done both um and now we want to help others feel the yeah. same way
0: yeah absolutely so I want to ask um do you have any advice for somebody who is planning on going into business with a friend oh it's a good question
1: <laughs> you know what because it's been extremely easy for Abby and I and I don't know if that's just because we're both i i think the clear thing is actually is to understand what each other's values are because this Mm. is what abby and i often talk about we have very clear like similar values like we both want to work for ourselves we want to have like the freedom to kind of like work where and when we want um we both kind of like value trust and respect and like working with people Mm. so obviously there are way more values and i'm sure we have more but that's like one thing we know we're really clear on. We're also really clear on what each other are good at. Like I know Abby's really, really good at attention to detail and I'm not so good at attention to detail, but I'm maybe better at just being like, we need to get this done. And mm-hmm. like, um. so I think it's making sure like values is the number one thing I would say, because if your values aren't aligned, then at some point down the road, you're going to find a blocker where your dreams or your like, the path you want to follow and not aligned. And that might cause like a bump in the road or an issue. Mm-hmm. So I think like drawing out values and expectations upfront, um, is really, really important. And it, it like, there might be that you have a great business idea and a friend you'd really like to launch a business with, but you just know actually it's not going to work because mm-hmm. the, those things aren't aligned. Um, so yeah, values and like perspective on, on life most important things because then like the company and the ideas can evolve from there
0: Hmm. yeah and I think it is really interesting because I think a lot of people you know they have a business idea and they think oh best friends working together it's going to be you know the best thing ever but sometimes you don't realize what your strengths and weaknesses are and you certainly don't realize what the other person's strengths and weaknesses are so sometimes they can just completely clash not work and it's a disaster. But that's why I think it's really important for people to realize exactly what their strengths and weaknesses are, <laughs> because yeah. you need to, you need that as a foundation.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that it, so Abby and I know each other from school. So we met when we were 11 and we went through school together and we were close and then we kind of like, were still close, but had separate groups of friends. Hmm. And then we went to college and you, and I went to uni and Abby went straight to work and kind of, did the same thing as me but all within a work and then I did uni and work and in those like six years five or six years we weren't that close we didn't really see each other we didn't even talk that much and then we kind of refound our friendship when we were both sitting our final exams and both took a sabbatical to go traveling so it's almost like I've got best friends that I've been friends with all through that and I still am friends with now and I love them but um Abby and I kind of like re found ourselves maybe based on like our values and what we want out of life yeah so from I guess like when we've not been like attached at the hip throughout Mm -hmm. the whole of our life so I guess that probably helped because we probably rebonded on like what we want out of life
0: yeah yeah and Uh, with probably a more business mindset as well rather than let's be best friends but actually you know you really had that business head-on
1: exactly yeah so but it's both of us have said we wouldn't have done it without the other because we just, mm. one wouldn't wanted to take the risk maybe on our own. Like I've already taken a leap to do my fitness stuff, but maybe wouldn't have jumped to do an account accounting as well. Yeah, Um, and also it's just so much nicer doing it with someone. Mm. Um, like I don't mind spending almost every weekday evening on a call with Abby from like mm. seven till nine doing stuff because like I enjoy doing it with her and we know what we're working for. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think if you can find someone to do it with, then like it's the best thing.
0: Yeah. And I guess it also means that you get to ride that wave with somebody else. So when, you know, you get to share the burden of the, yeah. you know, the crap things that happen and you get to celebrate the good things with someone else as well. So you kind of have that shared experience.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, like sharing life with people, with friends yeah. is like massively important. So yeah. actually, what,
0: that's what life's yeah. all about. So yeah, yeah.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> Such a good
0: point. Yeah. And <laughs> no. um, I wanted to ask you about so you were working full time, you kind of still are, kind of not. <laughs> um, did you have any expectations for the, your finances at the point of leaving your job? So, did you have a certain amount of money set aside, or is there a certain many months of expenses that you would recommend for somebody to have put aside in order to take that leap? Yes. Yeah, so, I
1: think. You have to be clear. So you kind of mentioned both. So I had been working full time up until July, and then in July I went part time at my accounting job, and then was teaching in a studio, PTing, coaching, and I work in like in a a well being company that goes into companies and does employee well being. So I've been like little chunks of money coming from, from different things, and I waited until a point where I knew I could pay my rent, like. Pay off all my bills, etc., and start to save like a small amount of money each month off of the other things I was doing without my accounting job. If that makes sense, so yeah. I didn't necessarily have a bucket of savings, but I knew that I was going to be able to survive and, and be able to kind of save for future moving into a uh, a world without my financial like accounting job. Mm-hmm. However, if you didn't have all of that in place and like. It's been tiring and exhausting doing all of it at once. So, you know, you have to be committed. Um, If not, I'd say you need to decide I'm going to finish work and I'm going to have six months of savings ready to pay my rent, my bills. Be happy that you may not take a holiday that year and then take the leap knowing that you can then use that like six months, three months, however long you decide to focus just on your business and what it is um what you want to do and like building a client base etc because I think that's massively important like you do need to put the time and effort in Mm. so either yeah either match your income so that you know that you can survive with what you've got or make sure you've got a period of time and you're covered for it so you can then not worry about having to bring money in Mm. that's
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, What do you think was the hardest step to take when starting your business? And is there anything that you wish you'd known beforehand? Mm, Hardest step. Oh, that's a good question. I think
1: knowing whether it was whether I was going to be any good at it. I
0: know that
1: sounds. But like when I decided I wanted to kind of do personal training and fitness instruction, I was like, I've always wanted to do it, and I have a kind of drama background, so like getting up in front of people is not necessarily something I find super difficult but I was like people might not like me and even through like the first couple of months first like six months of teaching like I found that super hard like I always got nervous before every class because I was Mm -hmm. like what if they don't enjoy my class what if they don't come back and you put a lot of pressure on yourself to kind of like make sure you're meeting everyone's expectations Mm -hmm. so I think I think that was it and then eventually I just realized you know what it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks like people that like me will come back people that don't won't they'll find someone else there are so many other people in this world doing the same things you'll find the people that are like your tribe as they say like your yeah. vibe and I think having the conversations with my work like my financial accounting job like saying mm, I'd quite like to leave because I want to be a PD or And then retracting that and going part-time instead. Like I found that like quite difficult and I don't know if it was like from a pride perspective because you're like, oh, this is a really good job and they're probably Mm going to see me as going to like do something that like anyone could do. But I think that that view is completely wrong by the way. But like I feel like that is a view that a lot of people have. So I think like actually just like swallowing my pride a little bit and saying, do you know what? I actually just want to do something that makes me happy. So having those conversations with family and with work were really tough and Mm. I had to kind of just, I don't know where I found like the confidence to to do it I just obviously was that passionate about it that I was like I have to ask, I have to try Um, yeah so I think the hardest one yeah is actually taking the step to speak to people about it and then also thinking I could spend a year working on this and absolutely suck at it and then like have to give up it's like yeah. that failure like what if I fail and then have to say I failed so I had to give up
0: mm.
1: um, but you never fail you always learn uh, and it's
0: almost yeah. like you kind of need a little bit of you need to be scared of it a little bit because that's what's going to make you work hard and get the money the in shot. and it's even better if you can fail at something because then it, it makes it, you know the pressure is on to then counteract that and make some money <laughs> oh my god yeah definitely like failing at something
1: like even just like failing to get into my degree obviously taught me that like actually that didn't matter you now have a choice to do something else or like so I think yeah. failures are like like you want failures
0: <laughs> to yeah. make sense
1: of um, but sometimes when you're going out on your own you have to remind yourself of that um, mm. I think it can be tougher in that sense but yeah
0: yeah um what do you think has surprised you the most about starting your business um oh, that's a good question. I think firstly, like I was
1: never really so if you speak to Abby, she's always wanted to work for herself. It wasn't necessarily always at the back of my mind that I wanted to work for myself. Mm. I just wanted to do something that made me happy at a point. That was kind of like why I fell into it. But actually what I've realized is I was always destined to work for myself. Okay. <laughs> and I know this sounds really sad, but you know, like when you look back at what you used to do as a kid. Like, I used to, like, create my own shop, like, yeah, I used to and get, like, and so, like, I obviously always had that, like, business mindset. I just hadn't necessarily mm. always thaw- thought it until I kind of got to that point. So I think, like, actually, yeah, that I was destined to do that. Um, and also just, like, having the confidence in myself to just go out there and ask people for things, because I think like so almost that networking because as a personal trainer and like um fitness instructor you have to go to studios and just be like do you have any openings can mm-hmm. I like I, you know the amount of people I've kind of like had to just talk to to get opportunities um but then realizing once you start asking for those opportunities and looking for them actually just how not easy because ever like it's been hard work but how you realize actually if you're putting your energy into it, they do appear and you Mm. can get them. Mm. Um, So I think it is hard and I'm still not sure where I'm going to go in the next year or whatever. But I think that the biggest surprise has been actually, it's not as scary as I thought it was going
0: to (laughs) be. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What is it then about working for yourself that you actually really enjoy and what do you find attractive about it? For me,
1: it's, being able to work when, like when you want and where you want. So it doesn't mean I work less. I probably work more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I decide on a Monday morning at 10 AM, I want to go to a class or I want to have a coffee with a friend, I don't have to tell someone else that that's what I want to do. You know, I can then just work at seven o'clock in the evening for an hour if I need to, like mm. that's kind of like, and that's the biggest attraction to having an so our accounting business is actually going to be all online so that's the biggest like attraction to having online business because we both love traveling and want to travel a bit more in the next couple of years before we maybe buy a house and do that but who knows um so for me it's freedom and ability to choose when to work and also i think when I say sit down to do a set of accounts for the business that Abby and I have versus like sit down to do a piece of work for my other accounting job, the feeling that I get when I do it is like dramatically different. Like, mm-hmm. because I know I'm doing this firstly, like I'm doing it to help that individual's business thrive, but I'm also doing it to help my own business thrive. Whereas when I sit down to do work for another for the company I work for, I'm just sitting down to work for someone else to put money. Like obviously yeah. I get paid. But it's that like feeling of like, I've actually done something that's really good and I'm helping myself and other people. It's Mm, more far removed when you're working with someone else. You're directly
0: having an effect on somebody else's business. Whereas in your day job, you're just a cog in the wheel.
1: Exactly. So like that is a feeling that I never really knew. Like I thought I was getting it in my job because you're like, oh, next promotion or next thing I've got to work for, like jumping through all the hoops and now when i sit down to do both my jobs like i drastically feel the difference in myself in mm. my motivation like but it might not be for everyone because you do have to constantly be on the ball mm. thinking okay where am i going to get more clients from what can mm. i do next to like promote myself so actually if you're not interested in any of that then working for somebody else might be better but
0: mm. do you have any tips for staying motivated
1: um For just in general
0: yeah just in general
1: i think the biggest thing i've learned is if in like a moment in time unless obviously you have to do something if you're not motivated take a break (laughs) like Mm. now if i'm sitting at my desk and i'm my mind's wandering and i'm not being productive i just say okay, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to, like, it could even just be like, I'm going to grab a coffee from downstairs, but like, don't force yourself to do something if you're not in the right mindset. And also, so two more things. I plan my days, like really, uh, like regimented, we should say, just so that I'm like, okay, I want to get X, Y, Z done. And I'm only going to spend this hour on it, this hour on this. and, And so that you don't like end up dragging things out and not getting through things. I think, that like keeps me motivated and keeps things going and then rewarding yourself with things when you've done something that you either like find hard or don't really want to do or just like having something to look forward to, even if it's just like, you know, I'm going to watch my favorite TV show tonight. So I'm just going to get this done. And then, so like you're looking to something else to get you through it. Mm. Um, That's like a massive thing. It could even just be like, I'm going to have a bath tonight or like a glass of wine tonight. It's those small things. And I think if you can kind of, I probably do that all the time. It might even just be like I'm going to go and eat a piece of chocolate after I finish this. Yeah. But it's just like those little rewards. It's like um, a little pat on the back to be like back and yeah, pat yourself on the back to say <laughs> well done, you did that. Then have this, and then yeah, back to the first point. Always make sure you take time for yourself. If you don't schedule in time for like yourself, and time for yourself could be going for a run, having a nap, watching TV, whatever it is that like lets you just like deflate like it's so important um to then re-motivate yourself
0: no that's really really good advice I think um what do you think is the hardest part about working for yourself I think
1: not knowing if what you're doing is actually gonna like pull off and get get what you want obviously there are other people have done similar things and you can learn from like other coaches or like I go to lots of calls that have lots of coaches on just to see what they're doing to get clients or whatever but I think not knowing if you're taking the right steps to get you somewhere um the hardest thing is knowing when to shut off (laughs) yeah so there's no end to what you can do so it's like drawing a line and saying do you know what uh, on like if Abby and I've been working some Saturdays because we both work in the week so to get some stuff done we'll we'll do like uh, work on Saturdays and we were to start with we'd just be like let's just work like nine till four get as much done as we can and we realized that wasn't productive at all and mm-hmm. instead and we're now like we want we need to get xyz done we're going to work 10 till two go for a walk four till six and then be done with it and you'll get a lot more done but it's finding the ability to say, I'm only going to do this amount of work today and then not just carry on mm. Googling things or thinking of ideas because you're like, oh, I could get there quicker if I just carried on now, but then you're just going to tie yourself out and end up getting ill or, you know, being exhausted. So it's yeah. it's the line of balance between work and life, which so many of us want and so many of us become self-employed to so get that balance. And mm. then we almost like, still find it hard um so yeah it's, it's that work-life balance and shutting down from your business mm.
0: I wanted to ask you about social media and how you mm. feel about the whole the, the fitspo uh, <laughs> craze on social media I mean how, what's your take on it and you know do you support it are you a part of it do you go completely against it like what what how do you feel about it I definitely think there
1: is there's a lot out there and I probably don't I definitely do follow some of it and um I probably have been a part of it and I'm like I do post fitness things on my um social media on my Instagram but not all the time Hmm. and I'm very much I I like to work out I like to keep fit but I also like to eat chocolate and drink wine and like you know so I I'm all about balance. So because I've tried the extreme and it made me unhappy. Like there's there's no there's no point. So like I'm all about balance. So I think I try to keep my social media authentic to that. So I don't I, I've tried like being like, okay, I'm gonna post like a workout every day or I'm gonna do this and it when it didn't feel natural, I was like, There's just no point because it's not gonna come across. So mm. I only post when I feel like posting and when I have something to say or I wanna ask a question to my audience to see what I can like offer to them as a service or whatever. Um, and I think that's the biggest issue that people have become so inauthentic on social media because they're just trying to compete with all of the other, uh, personal trainers or fitness, um, influencers out there. Um, and I think that also I've obviously had a normal, normal job whilst, um, learning to be a PT etc so I've always like I can't spend all of my time at the gym whereas like if you look at a lot of the people on social media who are maybe fitness influencers or in like in that area that is all they do so yeah if as a normal person being like I want that body or I want to do that the likelihood is so slim because you're not going to spend as many hours as them in the gym you probably don't have someone or you may not be able to afford like a nutritionist that they're paying for to get so i think it's just like it's so unrealistic some of it that mm. it but i think that can be quite hard for people especially people new to the fitness yeah well um so i i i guess i know it's there i don't necessarily think that people are try, like putting bad things out there intentionally but Mm -hmm. i think that unfortunately i'm not sure that everyone would be able to kind of look at it and be like well they're they're in great shape but i know realistically unless i do xyz i'm not going to look like that some people it can kind of like be bad for their mental health if that makes sense um
0: that was a really long-winded answer i'm sorry (laughs) that's fine i was gonna say that the, the comparison side of it is a bit strange isn't it because it's it's like you said, people don't really, they're comparing themselves to something that they will never look like because they're not that person. So, you know, it's just a really difficult thing. And I wanted to ask you, do you compare yourself to other coaches because as, as somebody who, you know, I'm not a personal trainer, I don't even really work out, but even I look at Instagram at these people that have a six pack and they've got like, you know, rock hard abs and a rock hard bum and tiny little waist and whatever. And I'm like, I just, I'm never going to look like that. <laughs> so how is it for you? I mean, do you compare yourself as, as a personal trainer and coach yourself?
1: Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I don't compare myself. I don't think that anyone in this world can be like I never compare myself to anything yeah. um I do think I'm more aware of when I'm comparing myself and then kind of questioning myself in that moment and being like well why are you comparing yourself but um yeah I definitely especially when you're having like a a bad day yeah. like we all have good days and bad days and I'll scroll through Instagram endlessly like I shouldn't but you do <laughs> you go down an Instagram hole and you'll be like "Ah." Uh, like it'd be really nice if my abs were just a little bit flatter, or my arms were just a little bit more toned. Like definitely yeah. I do, but I don't think I allow it to let me get, get me down anymore. Whereas like maybe like two, three years ago I've, it really would have. And then maybe like I would punish myself by like then working out like crazy for the next mm-hmm. month or like eating too much or not enough. Like I definitely have seen that decrease like, and definitely uh, Coaches, yes, like there's so much content out there now from like life coaches and stuff. You'll see them and you're like, they're obviously like they've got loads of clients, like, how are they doing it? What what am I not doing that they're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's that catching yourself and saying, Do you know what? They might be doing this full time, they've also maybe been doing this for five years, you've only been doing it for like a year and you're trying to balance it with three other things, like give yourself a break. Um And also then use that as a learning, like, okay, well, if you're not doing that, then what can you do to kind of get to that point? Like, maybe it's just that I'm not actually working hard enough, because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we look at these people and we're like, oh, they're so lucky, but actually you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. They've probably worked really, really hard to get there. So it's reminding yourself of that as well. They didn't just wake up like that, like they put the hard work in
0: yeah and also on the flip side of that as well you could be looking at somebody who you know maybe they've just had a really massive inheritance or they have really rich parents and yeah you're not seeing that side either so they they could have just you know never worked a day in their life and all they've done is work on this instagram page or whatever it is and you know there's that side of it as well it's so true
1: like we don't know who we're comparing ourselves to yeah so unless you had like all of the factors like mm. it's almost not even worth. Mm. comparing yourself that that was such a an interesting point I've never really thought about that but yeah like you don't know where people come from and how much money they have or what their background is so
0: yeah yeah and they they say don't they that comparison is the thief of joy and you can literally be scrolling through your Instagram feed I I I genuinely think it is a form of self-harm sometimes if you're in that mindset of I am feeling shit, you know, I don't look like that. You're literally just feeding yourself with that information. It's just, it's not good for you. (laughs) No, it is really bad. I remember it might've
1: been the first, we, like the first month that we were in lockdown. I think for like every morning I, or like every day I limited myself, to like half an hour on Instagram, Mm. unless like there was something I was doing that was like specifically business related. But it's that you don't even... Re- I, well, I do it. I don't even realise I've gone on it and I've started scrolling. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't even know why I'm on it anymore. Like, yeah. So I've tried to be really cautious now of like, what am I going on it for? Am I using it for like a business, from a business perspective or not? And then just taking myself back off. so that. But it takes a while to get to that point. And, but yes, it is definitely a uh, self uh, like a uh, form of self-harm I think in a way and we all need to learn how to take a step back from social
0: media definitely I think it's quite a good piece of advice actually someone on another podcast said that you know you should be regularly going through the people that you follow on Instagram and like completely switching it up if you find if you find you're watching somebody's story and you're getting angry watching it or upset or however whatever negative you're feeling Just why, why follow them? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. They say that like, if there's anyone who has any like negative effect on your life, then Mm. you just, you don't need them in your life. You are
0: literally putting that person in your life yourself. Like you have total control about the fact that you're making yourself angry looking at this person. So why would you follow it? I just don't understand.
1: (laughs) It is crazy. But I think you have to realize in your mind that you're doing it to Mm. be aware and then you'll um but that's one thing that like through like coaching and through like talking and I think the one good thing about social media is that a lot more people are talking about like mental health and things so maybe people are learning more Mm. so like there are benefits um and I think the more that people learn how to use it right Mm. like that would be great but we've still got a long, long way to go. Oh, definitely.
0: Have you noticed that with your clients? Because obviously you have the physical PT side and the mental side, the the mental um, life coaching side. So have you noticed that people maybe come to you for PT, but really you think they need the life coaching and the other way around? Yes, for sure.
1: Especially the other way around. A lot of people who come for life coaching, their goals are to do with health. And I'm like, oh, well, I can help you with this too. Yeah, um, Definitely. So I think a lot of people have let themselves get to a point where they're unhappy with like their health overall, whether it's just like they don't necessarily have like a weight goal or anything, but they're like, I'm not exercising. I'm not feeling good. Mm. Um, and then on the flip side, yeah, definitely. I think PT sessions almost become coaching sessions in a way. Like you definitely have those sorts of conversations. Mm. Um, I have to say most, like, I have two older ladies who are PT, so they're not necessarily, like, especially not, like, career-based. They're not looking for that sort yeah. of coaching. But we definitely will have those sort of, like, mindset chats, especially when it comes to exercise. So inevitably we'll always come back to that. So they're definitely, like, massively interlinked. Um, because, yeah, as I said, like, I think we should all have a holistic approach to our health, mm. and that includes both physical and mental. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. what do you like most about what you do that's a good question
1: I think for me it's like seeing other people like change for the better and be happy so I think I've always preferred doing things for others than doing things for myself I know mm-hmm. that sounds see, but doing things for others makes me feel happier and if, what do they say that's like self like I can't think of the word but like it makes you feel good that you've done something yeah. but um i I think it's that I think it's seeing growth in others and and then like seeing growth in myself as well and um the cha- like the challenge like seeing facing challenges and getting through them and being like yeah like I think it just gives life per like it gives me a bit of purpose for life mm. um, so yeah i think I think it's like not that i'm not sure i'm living my true purpose yet if there is such a thing but it's like definitely like feeling like i'm giving back to the world around me.
0: Mm. No that's a really nice, nice point. Really, really really fluffy. No um, it's not and i think it's actually a really great point to end on actually. So where can people find you if they want to get into contact with you? Yeah
1: um so i'm on instagram as so it's emily majuri coach that's the Instagram I use um well my website which is Emily Majuri Wellness um and then if you were looking for any accounting or business advice it's um arendacollective.co.uk is our website um we also have an Instagram the Arenda Collective um so any of those (laughs) um definitely like reach out if you have any questions um or yeah want any any help in any of the areas that um I can offer uh, cool, um, that'll be great. Cool, cool.
0: So thank i'll you so have, much. Um, yeah, and I'll have everything that Emily mentioned linked below as well, so that you can go and check out her content. So, yeah, thank you for joining me, Emily.
1: Amazing, thanks so much, Hannah. Have a lovely day.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Invent Her podcast. If you like today's episode, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with me on social media, where I'm at the Invent Her podcast. I would love to hear from you.